Hello friends, my name is Dane Miller. And I'm Niall Spain. And we're your fuck buddies. We are a dating sex advice podcast where we take your sticky sexy situations and turn them into sexy sticky situations. Simply put, we are a sex and dating advice podcast where we find questions either online or from our wonderful listeners. And we answer them right here, right now, every Monday, for your ear pleasure. And wouldn't you know it, look who decided to show up today. Yeah, it's Dane. Look who decided that he was done gallivanting around the world on his fancy super yacht and bless us peons with his presence. Like, I just have so much more of a lease on life now that I've experienced the Mediterranean lifestyle. So be prepared for that to be the answer to everything today. The only thing Niall has done is just post nonstop pictures of him in those like white houses, the white balconies, you know what I mean? That every every person on their Tinder profile has a picture who's ever gone to the Mediterranean, just standing on balconies. To be Mostly fair, Santorini. That, didn't, that didn't happen. It's all he's doing. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, you ready? Let's start yeah. off with some user-submitted questions. And I say questions because this person did send us two. Okay. I don't know if they know they sent us two because they have the exact same title, same subject. I don't know. It's pretty much the same question, too, right? It pretty much is. Now, they did put a name for their agent name, but it seems like it might be their name. Should we just give them an agent name? Yeah, let's give. Let's err on the side of caution and I'll not. err on the side. I'm sorry if you chose this real name as your agent name, and now you're like these assholes. But you're going to be agent a hockey stick, because I can see a hockey stick in this room. Uh, their subject is, am I happily married? We've been married 41 years, and my husband listens to your podcast. Hell yeah. I'm always horny, and he's horrible in bed. Should I look elsewhere, or is he looking elsewhere? Sexually frustrated. And then the next one. Also, am I happily married? I'm always horny, and my husband's sex drive is really low, and he's not good in bed at all. But he listens to your podcast. Should I look elsewhere, or is he looking elsewhere? Signed, sexually frustrated. Um, Well, I'm glad we changed the name, because if he listens to the show, then we definitely don't want to to, to dox you at all. 41 years... It's a, it's a long time to be with someone, especially if you don't know if you are happy with that person. Yeah. I feel like there there comes a point in time, and I'm not saying this to diminish the issues that you're having currently, um, because a sexual relationship and is, is still important in a relationship. But I feel like there comes a point in time where the hierarchy needs change. And that's why we, we always talk about things like, you know, after a certain amount of time, the, the sex that you have with your partner typically diminishes. You start having less sex with your partner uh, the longer you're with them. And that's obviously there are exceptions and there are reasons and whatever, but it's just sort of like the the sex is no longer required to facilitate the closeness that you feel with someone when you've been with them for a long period of time. That's one thing that's going to happen Two, men's libido starts to drop off. Uh, Mm -hmm. I presume you are at least 41 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm hoping they're, at least 61 years old. Yeah. Uh, or like, you I'm, know, within that margin. I'm guessing in like 50s, 60s-ish in, in that area. And that's now, when men... What if it's a typo and they've only been married 14 years? I mean, 
you know what? It all still stands. 14 years, 41 years, both a long time. Well, I mean, the point I'm going to make doesn't really stand, but like men's male, the male libido uh, begins to dip in this stage mm-hmm. of life as well. Yeah. So that's also something you have to to understand and deal with. Um, there are obviously medications and things that help uh, with male arousal, uh, especially mm-hmm. as the, the libido declines. You're also experiencing or, or have gone through uh, menopause, I also assume, which is also like a, a sexual awakening for, for women of that age as well. There tends to be a, a spike in libido mm-hmm. um, later in life for women as well. So yeah. the mismatch there could be just simply getting old together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we need to talk about the, the he's bad in bed part. Yeah. Well, you, you raised a really good point. And it, it, we all know that the longer you're in a relationship, unfortunately, stuff like that tends to lag. And I think it's just, it's just human nature. I don't think there's anything to be too upset about. I think you can make conscious efforts to try to keep the spark alive, but you need to communicate that. And I would love to know what you have tried to do with regards to communication. Is this it? Try to reach to them through the podcast? Because, hey, I respect it, but it's weird if that's all you've done. Yeah, and I understand that Like you're also coming from a generation, typically, that wasn't super open about sexual needs, especially for women. So I think what you need to, to do, as Nile said, open a line of communication with your husband and be like, hey, lately I've been feeling unsatisfied sexually, and I would like to work to fix that, whether that is, you know, maybe going and seeing a, a sex therapist or going to see a doctor, if there's, you know, a physical medical issue that is preventing mm-hmm. him from wanting to have sex, or just saying something as simple as like, I would like to have a little bit more sex. Yeah. Or I would like to have sex in this way. And see, uh, you know, what, because I, I can't guess what he's going to say. Like, maybe he's going to be like, no, I don't want to. And like, okay, then maybe you need to, you have to expand the conversation into discussing why that is. Mm -hmm. And I will say, and this isn't my favorite topic to talk about, but um, unfortunately, sometimes relationships run their course. 41 years is a great run. And if you are no longer happy, then I think that perhaps, especially if you are considering, should I look somewhere else? Well, we got to talk about that in a second. If that is where you're leaning towards, if you are now starting to think that perhaps you would like to pursue sexual or romantic relationships with someone else, I think you need to end the relationship you're in. Because it's bad enough to be unfaithful to a partner, but to be unfaithful to a partner you were with for 41 years is, it just seems cheap, right? Like it's just. It just seems like such a cop out. You have this really tough decision to make. And instead of making that decision and including your partner in that decision, you are just essentially jettisoning 41 years of your life together into the big old garbage dump of infidelity. Like it just sucks. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. And the funny thing is, I don't really know what the tone of this message is because there is a like. He listens to your podcast. Is he looking somewhere else? And it's like, I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast. So for all I know, she might think we're part of the problem. Mm. But I will tell you now, if he's listening to the podcast, we say it all the time. Don't cheat. That's shit. So if he listens, I presume he's not looking elsewhere because we say it all the time. And we're going to say it to you. Don't fucking cheat. That is not the way out. It, it just flat out isn't. If you're so miserable that you need to do something like this, break up with them. 
have a divorce or talk about opening it up. You know what I mean? You don't fucking stab them in the back. It's not a fiction. Like I said, it's just such a cop out. You were with this person for 41 years. You've given mm-hmm. 41 years of your life. You can spend, you know, however long this conversation takes feeling uncomfortable or miserable or unhappy or unpleasant or whatever to end it. Mm-hmm. And I understand it's not easy. It's not it's not the the ideal solution. But let me tell you, if you get caught cheating, it's going to end probably in the same way. And Much you're worse. just a bad guy. Yeah. Like, like, and then you literally just, are the bad guy. Yeah. And then it's just like, you know, there's there's no I think a lot of people would understand being like, hi, we lived a good life. We had a good run. I love them, but we're just not compatible anymore. I think a lot of people would understand that. I think, you know, kids and stuff like that might have a hard time. It might be a tough pill to swallow watching your parents who have been married for 41 years. If you guys hey, have kids. A better pill than I cheat on your dad. Yeah. And I will say the, the, that's a last ditch effort. You know, I think that's if you don't communicate or if you try and it goes really poorly. You know what I mean? I don't think you should jump to that lightly unless you no. know in your heart that that's what you want. But like. If you don't try to fix the problem, I think copping out of your relationship, I think it is a cop out if you just bail. So, again, I love in the second message, but he listens to your podcast. It's almost accusatory. <laughs> we are not telling anyone to cheat. Now, it is interesting that she talks about how he's not good in bed. You guys have been together for so long. Yeah, at this point in time, if if you haven't dialed that in, you know, I don't know how successful you're going to be at teaching an old dog new tricks, but... There's no harm in trying. I just would love to know again, like, have you tried and it's been so long and he just refuses? Because then, yeah, we got a problem. But if you've never given him guidance and you've never kind of like taken up your half of the effort in bed, which is guiding and letting people know and providing feedback and, you know, working as a fucking team. If you haven't done that, you need to. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the problem when uh, a partner is unsatisfied, it's rare that the other person is aware of it. You, yeah. We get instances where it's like people are just like, hey, I want you to go down. He's like, no, I don't like doing that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, we have a little bit more to stand on in terms of like the you're not happy. You've tried your best. Yeah. It's time to move on. But for 41 years, if you haven't said anything, if you've faked orgasms or if you've yeah. never really had a conversation or helped tell him what you like or if you don't know what you like, mm-hmm. then this is this is a much bigger problem than he's bad in bed. Because yes. sex is a two-person minimum <laughs> activity. And yeah. and if you're not participating on the level that he needs in order to pleasure you, then that is also your fault. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to blame anyone here, but hey, he's listened to the podcast. He knows what I'm about to say. But communication is the most mm-hmm. important thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Again, like there's a lot more ammunition in the divorce quiver if – you have had this conversation. He stoically refuses to to do what you need or want. But if you haven't had this conversation, as Dane said, that's on you. He can't read your fucking mind, right? So I just, communication, open those lines of communication. I feel like we haven't done that yet. So that needs to be step one. And if you have and everything just hasn't worked, then yeah, maybe divorce is the option. But you know what isn't? Looking somewhere else and cheating. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say, but good luck. This is rough. Mm-hmm. If you're a husband listening to the podcast and you're now in fear, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to ruin your Monday like that. Beat her to the punch. <laughs> Dump her first. Yeah. 
or cheat on her first. Don't just, cheat on her. Don't just even, kidding. Don't that's even all joke. we. That's all we talk about on this podcast. Welcome to Fuck Buddies, where you get yeah. to fuck your buddies behind your wife's back. Now that she stopped listening, let's get into our newest seduction technique: five ways to cheat on your wife in the worst way possible, getting worse <laughs> from one to five. Start type one while they're at work. Hit me with type two, Dane. Cheat on her. That was already yes, sure. <laughs> it's just that five times. Give me a question. Uh, This is Live Wallaby. Am I being unreasonable? I, an 18-year-old male, on my first serious relationship with an 18-year-old female, my girlfriend, that I've been best friends with since kindergarten. We are dating for four months. I know it's not a big time, but I really feel very connected with her. Like, she's the one. The problem is that she really likes giving blowjobs, and I'm not a big fan of it because once I was hooking up with a girl and she bit my D, and I had to go to the hospital. Since then, I've never really had any blowjobs. I don't like the sensation, being so vulnerable. I don't like. I don't feel pleasure from it. When she makes a move to blow me, I try to stop her. She gets mad, slash disappointed, slash sad. I tell her that I don't like it, but she tells me that she likes it, and sex is about giving and receiving, and that I'm not good at receiving. I don't know what to think. Am I wrong in this situation? Have you explained why you don't like it? This! That right there! Because, like... One is one is vague. One is specific. Specifics generally work better. And maybe don't even talk about the other person. Just be like, hey, once somebody injured it, and it's really hard for me to get over that trauma, I am sorry. Yeah, I mean, sexual trauma is a very real thing. There's a lot of things that people trigger with or don't like or, uh, you know, have had a bad experience in the past. And therefore, that has really impacted their sexual preferences later on in life. And that yeah. is 100% understandable and fair, and we get it. So like Niall said, it's very important to not just be like, no, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. Because that it's it's hard to believe. I understand. Like As much as you should trust your partner, but having an 18-year-old male be like, I don't want a blowjob mm-hmm. seems suspicious. Yeah. Is that fair? No. But no, is it also what's going to happen? Yes. And is she going to internalize that and think it's something to do with her fully or be suspicious or, you know, like there's any number of ways that this could play out of being like, oh, why doesn't he want to see like, let me see his dick, blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. saying like, as now said, like, you don't have to talk about the other person, but you can say like, hey, one time someone bit my dick. Someone really hurt me. And I have a hard time getting past that that mental block. And if we want to have enjoyable sex, it's probably not going to start with a blowjob. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about sex is about giving and receiving. It is. But you know what it's also about? Consent. Consent. You can't be let's, like, oh, well, uh, you need to receive the anal you don't want. Like, that's yes. not how it works. So while, yes, it is about giving and receiving, it is more so above pretty much everything about consent. So it doesn't matter. I will say it. blowjobs are fantastic. And I would hate for you to miss out on them because of one bad experience, yeah. right? That really sucks. Um, I understand that what you went through was probably very traumatic and probably very painful. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have a partner that you can explain the situation to, you can start easing back into it. Try to maybe talk to a therapist to help mm-hmm. you deal with the trauma for sure. Um, maybe find someone who deals specifically in sexual based trauma and and start working through that issue because it does really suck from my point of view to go through life not wanting to get blowjobs oh for sure but you know what it's never gonna get better if you don't have a partner that's like okay i trust you or like i respect Mm -hmm. that 
You know, I think that needs to be step one before he can ease back into it. Sure. So try not to cut yourself off from happiness. Try to work on these things instead of just being like, well, that's it for me now. But also you do need a partner you can trust who will you know, respect where you're coming from. Yeah. So I, I definitely explain to your partner the, the specifics of why you feel this way. And as Nell said, I think that's an excellent point or opportunity to gauge how they're going to react to it. Because if they don't understand or if they berate you or if they're just like, well, I'm not that person, I'm not going to do it. It's like, well, I'm not saying you're that person. I'm not saying you're going to do it. I'm saying the reason I don't like it is because when it happens, that's all I can think about. Yeah, I am worried and scared and uncomfortable. And none of those things follow logic, right? You have a phobia. It's not about logic. So it doesn't matter if you're not that person. No, not at all. All right, another one? Yeah. This is by deleted user. Is it okay to steal food if you're staying over? So if I'm staying over at the date's place, is it okay for me to take their food? I always thought you should ask first before doing so. Even when I had a girlfriend I stayed at her place, I never felt entitled to eat their food by asking first. Is this a gendered thing? Does it matter if you have to cook the day? Or does it matter if you have to cook the food? Or is it only for food you can grab and eat? Is it okay to take the last bit of food or only if you leave some? Does this apply to friends staying over or only dates? And this was, I guess, in response to a question about a woman who stole a protein bar, which was a different question. No, don't take things that don't belong to you. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Or, I can't or imagine, what your relationship is. <laughs> I can't imagine sneaking off to someone's cupboard and like nicking something while they're like asleep. You know, if they're awake, you ask. If they're not awake, you fucking deal with it. And like, I understand there are, you know, always exceptions. Like if you have low blood sugar or something sure. and you wake yes. up and you he's there asleep and you go and have a glass of juice or, you know, a snack or whatever, that's fine. Uh, you know, don't die over it or anything. Yes, obviously don't die over it. And, you know, then in the morning, be like, hey, I'm really sorry. You know, if it is a, you know, a, a bar or like a something, be like, hey, I'm really sorry. I woke up, had to steal a little whatever. You know, next time we're out, I'll buy you a lemonade or I'll buy, you, you know, can I replace it? Like that to me is what I would do. I, to this day, I would never go into someone's fridge and even like I wouldn't even open the fridge and be like, no. can I have one of those? Can I have no. that? I would always wait for them to offer me something. Mm -hmm. Like if I was hungry, I'd be like, hey, do you want to get takeout? Or like, yeah. hey, is there a place nearby we can go because I'm starving? I wouldn't be like, do you have food? Mm hmm. That would be weird. That would seem very presumptuous. I think it would make someone uncomfortable, possibly. And also the onus is kind of on them to then make the food, too, because it's their place. Like, I, there's no way, again, blood sugar problems notwithstanding. Otherwise, like, yeah, maybe it sucks, but you can last till morning. And if you can't, go home. Yeah. Be like, hey, I'm really sorry. For whatever reason, I became absolutely ravenous and I got really, really hungry. It was really uncomfortable. I was in pain. And so I went home and, and had something to eat. And if that's you and this happens to you on the regular, bring your own snack. Pack a snack. Pack a snack. Have a little snack pack. But yeah, I think it's weird. And also, like, a lot of people these days have roommates because, you know, the economy. So you have no real guarantee if what you're mowing down on is even theirs, which makes it far worse. Nobody wants their fucking... Yeah, their hookup to be like eating Dave's protein bars that he spends $5 each on. And it's like you've you've made it weird between you and your date. And now you've made it weird for your date and your roommate. And now you've made yeah. it weird for you and the roommate. And like if you ever come over again, that guy's going to be like, great. And I have to fucking lock up my protein bars. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll know it's you, too, because you're going to be so jacked from all that pro. It's just so fucking swole. 
Just so indescribably swollen. Fuck, here comes his jacked girlfriend. <laughs> so, yeah, don't. Don't steal food. The very fact that you're using the term steal says it all. That's a crime. That is a crime. And guess what? We're the date police. You're under arrest. You're under arrest. Hands above your head right now. You think this was a podcast? This was a fucking four-year-long sting operation. Also, the other person, 41-year-old sting operation. Yeah. We're time, we're time date cops. It's true. This is from Rich Queen. Hell yeah. I cry every time I have sex. Oh, I don't know. For female 22, have never had penis and vagina sex, but I have other experiences like anal and fingering. And there's a certain sensation that's not an orgasm that makes me cry every time. Can't help myself. It just happens. And I start crying and I can't stop myself. My current boyfriend asked me if I've been sexually assaulted before, but I haven't. I don't know why this happens. And I don't know if it's related to some sort of trauma. Has anyone ever experienced this? It's really strange to me that you skipped to anal. I haven't done the other stuff. I would love to yeah. know why. Like, I would love to know, because that to me almost, again, I'm sure there could be reasons like maybe vagismus, vaginismus, you know, or something. But to me, it almost screams like, oh, that doesn't really count as sex. So I'm not losing my virginity, wink. Jesus won't be mad at me, wink. And if you're super religious or from a super conservative family and that's what you're doing, maybe that's the issue it's triggering. Not, yeah. you know. 100%. That's That was one of my things. But also, um, so I went to school for acting and there is a specific kind of breath work that you do that like really – like it's activated by like pelvic floor and like really, really deep in your guts. And any good teacher who, who does this is like, Hey, this is, this could fuck you up. Um, because I don't know the science behind it, but a lot of our trauma gets stored there. And it's a part that like, we don't really access. And when it's accessed, it just kind of like opens a floodgates of emotion. And there's really no, it's not like having a specific trigger towards something. So it's not like, oh, I felt this sensation before because I was, you know, sexually assaulted or mm -hmm. I felt this sensation before because of this reason. It has no tie to that. Like you could have unresolved feelings about a divorce or a breakup or whatever, and it just sits there. And so I remember doing this class and I, in my opinion, have very little severe trauma. I've, I've lived a very charmed life in terms of like bad things happening. And I remember doing this breathwork class and getting fucked up and just like being overwhelmed and like getting to the point of, of almost like tears. And I wasn't alone. Like it, a good majority of the class got really, really overwhelmed by this stuff. Um, so much so that like there was a student who uh, attempted suicide after the, the class one year. Um, which is why it's like it, we don't like no one really does it anymore specifically because of that, because it is like very much a with without the proper like aftercare of it. it it's it's bad. It, it opens up like just this floodgate of fucking emotion. And, and a lot of people don't know how to deal with it. So depending on what you're doing and how you're doing it, it this could be the result of some sort of like triggering of this like pelvic floor tension area that is just opening up those floodgates for you. So you might need to, uh, there are doctors who specialize in like pelvic floor um, and, and pelvic area tension and trauma might be worth going to see one of them and talking to them about it and, and seeing if there is something 
that you can do and and work through to to help resolve this. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like we don't have enough information to to base things on things, but also we are not professionals. So I do think you should probably go see a sex therapist and talk to them or a regular therapist or both. Yeah, like your OBGYN would be a good place to start and just be like, hey, every time I, and I know that you're not having vaginal sex, but your fingering and uh, the the lining is is remarkably thin between uh, anus and vagina. Mm-hmm. To the point where, like, you can tear it through enough anal sex. Uh, so it's 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 all the same area, and it might be worth going to see a medical professional and then going to see a mental health professional to mm-hmm. sort of suss this out. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, it's called postcoital dysphoria, and uh, a surprising amount of women have it. Yeah, like thirty percent. It's a lot. So so there you go. You're you're not alone. But I'm or sure sorry, there are they ways. They have it. They have experienced it. Experienced it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are ways to to deal with this and treat it. Mm-hmm. At yeah. least being aware of it. At least talking to a professional, like worst case, will just reassure you. You know what I mean? If they're just like, hey, this is a thing. So people have it. I'm sure even that alone will be nice for you to know. But yeah, I still feel like there's probably a religious aspect to this. Yeah, there's probably definitely a reason why you're avoiding vaginal sex mm-hmm. and that. I would not be surprised not. Yeah, if, if it didn't tie into it. All right. I got another question here for you, Dane. My girlfriend, 21-year-old female, danced with a middle-aged man when I, 22-year-old male, was ordering a drink. A 22-year-old male, my girlfriend is 21, and we've been dating for around 11 months. Her and I went to this bar with a few friends. It's mostly filled with middle-aged to older crowd compared to the college bar we go to. I was waiting at the bar trying to get a drink for 10-ish minutes. When I was waiting at the counter, my friend tapped me on the back, and I turned my head and saw her briefly dancing this middle-aged guy for like 15 seconds or so. She wasn't grinding or anything, but this guy was twirling her around. I asked her why she did that, and she said, he pulled me out of my seat, and I made sure to keep my distance. I knew you would come to rescue me. The guy that pulled her up was a bit tipsy, I could tell, but that doesn't matter. Her reaction does. What makes me mad is why she didn't sit back down as soon as she got pulled up. This has been on my mind for the past few days. This was his girlfriend, you said? Yeah. I mean, this is just really boring jealousy. Yeah. Right? Like, it is just, just straight up, you're jealous that another dude had a relatively harmless interaction with your partner. Um, granted, he overstepped his bounds for sure. You know, mm-hmm. just grabbing a woman and twirling them around or pulling them out of their seat. Unacceptable. Not cool. Yeah. Sure. I, I understand being upset about that. But you specifically say that's not the problem. You say the problem is, is the fact that she didn't, you know, go into purity mode and be like, how dare you touch me? And like you know, mm-hmm. hold on to her chair for dear life so that, you know, and like it, it just shows a lack of one uh, trust in your partner to yep. social awareness that like women are scared. That's yep. a dangerous thing to do to especially an older guy. So mm-hmm. a lot of women do things that they don't want to do because it is the safest option for them to do it. To be like to pull away from someone is he you have no idea how they're going to react. Yeah, she chose the least the way of least resistance the least dangerous route she got up she kind of did a half-hearted like ah, ha, ha. we're dancing 15 fucking seconds dude then she was out of there mm-hmm. right think of it from her point of view all the things she could have done would have to have been pretty dramatic like yank her hand out of his hand immediately sit back down these are all things that they're just not so, like they're not socially like chill things to do really 
You know what I mean? Like she knows she'll do them and it'll make everything awkward and weird. And she has no idea who the stranger is. And they put her in this shitty position. So she's being polite, but she's being safe. And I don't think you can fault her for that. In fact, I think you really need to not fault her for that. You need to take a minute and empathize and put yourself in her shoes. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you weren't there, it probably would have been the exact same interaction. Yeah. Right. And if you don't think it would be, if you think that the only reason she stopped dancing with this guy was because you were there, then you don't trust your partner. And you have you you have so much jealousy that like you think that like, what did you think was going to happen? Do you think that like every time you're not around, any man can just pull her off her chair and fuck her? Yeah. And that's the thing. Do you really think she's trying to slyly hook up with some dude while you're at the bar? Like that doesn't make sense. And also, let me let me just say right now, if this is a bar you frequent and you're waiting 10 minutes for a drink, you're probably an asshole. <laughs> I believe it's what place they don't usually frequent because they said compared to the college bar we go to. Well, either way, you guys are probably being idiots because <laughs> no one waits 10 minutes for a drink. Yeah, you just got to be fucking empathetic. Put yourself in your girlfriend's shoes. She was put in an awkward position and she did what she thought was best, which arguably probably was best. And now you're punishing her for being put in a bad position so maybe don't and it, again it's just like it's so much unawareness of like the realities that women have to go through yeah and that to me makes me think that like you are probably a contributor to that problem you're definitely not helping yeah so i mean fucking relax stop being jealous understand that women sometimes do things that obviously aren't the best course of action, but are the safest course of action because for all they know, pulling away from a guy is going to get them murdered. And mm. I'm not being hyperbolic. That is 100% a thing that can happen. Yeah. So stop being a dick, get over it. And if you can't break up, because if you don't trust your partner, you shouldn't be dating them. And honestly, if you're going to punish people for being put in awkward positions and doing the best they can, you shouldn't be dating them. Yeah. Like I, I it just it it blows my mind and I'm like I'm not trying to make myself seem like you know the paragon of of non jealousy or whatever but like if I saw my part like if an older drunk dude you know took the hand of someone I was seeing and started dancing and they didn't seem like an immediate threat and my partner didn't seem like they were terrified or hating their life mm -hmm. I would think it was kind of funny you know like I would I would be like oh that's cute. And I wouldn't care. You know, mm. obviously it would change if my partner looked upset or uncomfortable or nervous. Mm. Or if they yeah, were just for sure. like all over them, dragging them into the back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. But like if it was just like a harmless twirl while, you know, a live band played, like fucking relax, dude. Yeah. yeah. Breathe. So just be chill. Be empathetic. Put yourself in their fucking shoes for two minutes. Just do it. Uh, this is Bubbly blue Blueberry. Bubbly Blueberry. Bub bubbly Blueberry. Bumble oh, blueberry. Bumble bath. My boyfriend told me he started using substances when partying, and it's making me upset. I, a 26-year-old female, have been dating a male, 25, for a year now. We had mutual friends since high school, but or we had been mutual friends since high school, but didn't talk until after college. I always knew he'd like going out with his friends to bars and drink. Not the biggest fan of alcohol, but I can't control anyone's actions, nor do I want to. A while ago, my boyfriend went to a rave, and when he came home, he told me he drank so much he blacked out, but it could have been the drugs. I was shocked when he said drugs. I knew about the drinking, but not the drugs. I told him that he needed to be careful taking drugs from people he doesn't know. 
He said he's smart and he knows what to do. So I left him alone. Fast forward to this past weekend. He went on a mini vacation with his friends. I, again, knew they'd be drinking. But then he told me that some of his friends brought drugs, not just like weed, but other more addictive drugs. I was extremely mad, but kept my cool and told him that I hope he had fun. I'm sure some of you are thinking he's an adult and he can make his own decisions. And you're so right. He totally can. My disdain for his drinking and drug use is because he has a history of substance abuse within his family. His brother is an alcoholic and has been to rehab three times. One of his close friends had overdosed on drugs and died. I know I can't make him stop, and if I did, it would drive a wedge between us. But I'm honestly scared for him and his safety and well-being. I don't mind him going out and getting drunk with his friends, but now it's going past drunk. He's blacking out every weekend. I don't know what I should do or if I should do anything at all. Well, firstly, it doesn't seem like you're cool with the drinking even though you're saying it. Yeah, it, it sounds like you're making a concession of being like, you you aren't comfortable with people getting drunk, but you understand that like maybe so, a little more socially acceptable to mm-hmm. drink. Or like now in face of the other things, you're like, well, retroactively, now I'm okay with the drinking, but I'm not okay with this. And, you know, as long as he's not driving, it is relatively more safe than uh, doing certain drugs, um, especially things like cocaine, uh, MDMA, things that are now currently being laced with stuff like fentanyl that have, you know, are are actively uh, leading to a exponential amount of deaths nowadays. Yes, I would be if, if I had to choose between a substance my partner was using, I'd rather them go and drink than go and do copious amounts of cocaine with strangers. Yeah, for sure. I think The question asker already kind of knows what's going on here. They can't make this person stop. So the choice remains of can you deal with it? And if not, you cannot date. And if yes, then continue to date, but let them do what they want. You can express your concerns if you want, but like if they if this is what they want to do, they're going to do it. Yeah, I think it's important. And like I empathize with the question asker a lot because I I have a very similar uh, sort of stance, especially on hard narcotics and specifically things like cocaine, which are uh, prevalent in a lot of the industries and circles that I tend to hang out in where I never want to be like, if, if it's a constant thing or a frequent use, it would, it sucks to be at home. If your friend or your, your partner is out and be like, I wonder if this is the night she gets a bad batch and dies. Cause like, I know none of their friends have Narcan to help deal with this overdose. And I don't really know if I trust their friends to be responsible enough to use it anyway. So Mm. it's, I understand that concern and that concern sucks. So I think it's worth being like, Hey, here's how I feel. I'm worried that no matter how smart you are, I'm sorry, but you can't sniff out fentanyl laced cocaine. You know, you can't look at it and be like, "Mm, that's not the batch for me. Um, And you have no idea. Like, you don't know where your best friend Dave got his stuff. Uh, so it's there is a, a level of danger that you take and a level of risk that you take when you start using these kind of substances. Mm-hmm. So it's there's no harm, I don't think, in saying, hey, it concerns me. I, I'm really worried about you. I know you're trying to be as safe as you can, but there is a an element of danger that you have no control over. It doesn't matter how smart you think you are. You you can't tell the difference between a, a, a safe batch of cocaine and a fentanyl laced batch of cocaine. You just can't and see how they see how they react. If they straight up say, like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. Then, like, as Nell said, you got to bounce because it's going to fuck your mental health up so much, constantly worrying about your partner. And the thing is, I feel like a lot of people when they're encountering stuff like this, it's like, 
oh, you're being judgmental. You're being blah, blah, blah. It's like you being scared for someone is a thing. If you're scared of someone and you don't want to have to live with that fear, you that's fine. You know what I mean? You're only judgmental if you then start judging. Don't be a dick about it if you do break up. But like, I don't know, my ex had a really bad cocaine addiction and it was hell living with that. So I completely understand. So, yeah. you know, if someone's lifestyle doesn't match yours, you're allowed to break up. And you said it, you cannot change them unless they're willing to be changed. So by all means, make your case, let, let them know what you think. But like, if this is a deal breaker for you, it can be a deal breaker for you. Absolutely. There is no harm and there's nothing wrong with protecting your sanity when it comes to someone else's decisions. Yep. And I don't think, as now said, like as long as you're not being a fucking asshole about it or being mm -hmm. super judgmental or condescending to someone about their choices, just saying like, hey, I'm concerned for you and I don't want to live my life wondering when I'm going to get the call that you've OD'd. That's, that's just not how I want to live my life. That sucks. That sucks for me. That sucks for you. I'm going to be a, probably more overbearing on you or I'm going to be more distant with you. And mm. it just makes no sense to continue on a, on a relationship that I have no choice but to assume is going to end poorly. Or even if it doesn't, like if every weekend you're just terrified or freaking out or like can't sleep, that sucks. Even if nothing ever happens, it's like if you're going to be miserable every time they're out, that's not a good life for either of you guys. That's what I mean. Like, if you're convinced that, like, the, the only way this ends is a phone call that they've died, then, like, it's you're not going to make long term plans, right? Like, you're not going to want to marry someone that that you feel that way about. Either or at least way, you shouldn't. Like, if you're going to be miserable, that's not a good relationship. So have the chat with them by all means. Explain where you're coming from and then see what they say. It probably won't change anything. And if it doesn't, that's up to you to decide whether it's a deal breaker or not. If it is, break up. If it isn't, you do have to get over it then if you choose that it isn't a deal breaker. Yeah. At the end of the episode, we like to hop onto online dating platforms such as Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and peruse them for a red flag. See what works, see what doesn't work, and effort to make your online dating experience a little more enjoyable. And I have some Tinder news. Oh. Um, and this is this is interesting. Tinder is changing their their like community guidelines, and we'll see and how much of way? this. I a lot of them I agree with. One, uh, don't use Tinder to advertise, promote, sell stuff, fundraiser, campaign. Sharing your social handles in your bio is also prohibited. So no more linking to Snapchat and Instagram okay. for followers. Okay. Uh, steer like clear that. of spreading false or misleading information. Submitting false reports is also not okay. Either will get you kicked off the app. Okay. Like, sure, great. Um, don't post screenshots of messages. Now, I don't know if that means within the app or at all. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there is a, a, a clarification of that because I feel like that might be them covering their asses to make Tinder seem not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I understand like not posting other people's messages and profiles on your profile because that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Here's another one that has been a little bit of a controversy. Tinder is not the place to find your sugar relationship. Hmm. Interesting. Harmful behavior like doxing, sextortion, discrimination, and blackmailing is not tolerated. And finally, another one that has, has had people ruffled a few feathers. Open and poly relationships are cool, but each party must have their own account. No joint accounts. Okay. I don't see... Well, I guess it makes it slightly more work to... <laughs> to do but yeah that one i'm i'm fine with i understand why you do that cool i'm fine with that now i know a lot of people have had problems with the the sugar relationship 
uh, decision. Um, I guess because like it, w- it would be the same as being like, oh, don't uh, like like they're a, a sugar relationship is still a relationship, and they're guess, yeah. classifying like, it as as something that is not tolerated on the app. And it's like, well, what about other types of relationships? Right? Like yeah. it's not it's not like they're saying like, oh, don't you know anyone looking for you know horseplay mm-hmm. also not allowed. Yeah, no, it is interesting. I wonder how they would even police that. I'm assuming it's going to be a combination of like a bot that kind of scans for keywords yeah, maybe and stuff. Yeah, words and shit, yeah. And then also probably for based on reports. So you yeah. could report a profile if you see them looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess like if their app, they're allowed to say what types of things they're willing to put up with. I don't necessarily see it as being too bad. And I wonder if like part of it is meant to sort of curb like sex trafficking stuff. And and I wonder if this is also their way of like kind of buckling down on the escort service as well. And I know they're not the same. I'm not saying that sugar relationships are, are equivalent to these things, mm-hmm. um, but I think it might be a, a blanket term that they can throw over and just yeah. be like anyone looking for money, money. or goods in yeah. exchange for sex are not allowed on yeah. this platform. So, I don't know. They're they're interesting changes. I don't think any are particularly bad, and I think some are good, so fair play. Yeah, I, I really like, I'm interested to see what happens with the, the social handles, like how they're going to maintain that. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's probably a pretty good idea, because it means if anyone is there literally just trying to scrape follows, they're not going to. So that cuts down on a bunch of, like, fake profiles, effectively. Yeah. Also probably safer for people who are, like, young and dumb and don't think about internet privacy or safety as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Where people who you know on Tinder also have their Instagram open with like where they mm-hmm. work, where yeah. they go to school. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, you want you want Tindy? You want profile? Yeah. It's funny because I know I haven't read this one out, but I also read something so similar to this. But I anyway, this is a guy. All you women suck. You want a guy that looks good and is funny and provides money and security, but you bring nothing to the damn table. Don't be a useless hoe. Just be a cool person to chill with. If you're worth my time, I'll be worth yours. You ain't number one until we connect, just like I ain't number one either. Stop being stupid. Can't think of a better way to to do a profile. That's 10 out of 10. Right? I think honestly, like, guys, if you're looking for a profile right there, like the, the aggression, the disparagement, the blanket statements, uh, no details about themselves at all perfect yeah and i really think that like telling potential partners not to be idiots or stupid yeah yeah that's pretty good because like sometimes i don't know right i'm like talking to someone like should i be stupid should i be an idiot right now i'd be so fucking dumb now (laughs) alternatively i feel like there are a lot of guys on tinder who probably do need that reminder (laughs) (laughs) you know what actually yes Uh, obviously this profile gets a zero i will say there's one shred of of glimmer of hope, and that's where he's like, you're not number one, but neither am I. I was like, okay, wow, look at you. Just a shred yeah. of... Slight okay-ness. hint of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is... I didn't get their name, I don't think. Silly me. So that was obviously a zero. But I'm going to guess, judging by their Instagram handle, I'm going to guess their name is Lauren. Their profile says, big tits, even bigger heart. Just a hoe trying to be a housewife. Borderline alcoholic. I love to trauma dump. I hate all men, but unfortunately, God didn't make me a lesbian. Sad face. It just got worse as it went. Mm-hmm. It was almost 
good for the first three lines. Trauma yeah. dumping, not fun. Borderline alcoholic, are you okay? Not a charming thing to put in your profile. And then I hate all men. Okay, cool. I can't wait to meet you. Yeah, I'm no. sure you're going to be a blast. Yeah, not at all. So it's just going to be also a zero. And like my typical first date is I like to go for drinks. I would feel so uncomfortable be like, hey, so you self-identify as a borderline alcoholic. Would you like to go grab a beverage like that? Yikes. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah. This one is weird. This is Taylor, 30. The point scale is as follows. Plus five if you own a one wheel. Plus 10 if you own two. Plus two if you enjoy music festivals. Plus two if you own a motorcycle. Plus seven if you're over 30. Plus five if you like German cars. Plus 10 if you can work on German cars. Plus two if I determine you're funny. Plus 15 if you're emotionally aware. Minus 15 if you send me multiple messages. 10 if you didn't read the ride requirements. Minus 10 if you didn't read the ride requirements. Minus 80 for whatever I feel like. Ride requirements 78 inches or taller. You may be disqualified for any reason at any time. Who measures height in inches? If, if I don't fucking know, man. How is, I'm guessing it's six foot. Uh, I'm going to say it's probably higher at 6.5. <laughs> That's so tall. <laughs> it is very tall. 6.5. <laughs> That's so tall. I love, there was a, a video going around of um, a dude. I'm pretty sure it's like a, a, like a fairly toxic TikTok account, but I thought it was interesting what they were doing where they were going around asking women, what their like baseline requirements are. So it was mm, like then, not yeah. not overweight, earn a certain amount, this height, and they're like, cool, that's 0.3% of the population. <laughs> and then being like, uh it's like that those are your standards, 0.3% of the population. Um and I thought that was funny, especially now that there are people being like, you have to be six six foot five. Yeah, I wanted to try to find oh yeah, so there's only only 1% of men in the world are 6'5 or taller. I was going to say, I want I want the statistic on this. And like 1.3. 1. Well, 1. So this person is looking for 1.3% of the population, but then wants them to be able to work on German cars. Like, Taylor, do you just have one person you know that you really like who's 6'5 and a mechanic? And this is your like narrow casted attempt to try to find them? I'm sure there are at least seven people who fit this requirement. So it's not it's not impossible. <laughs> there are definitely a bunch, right? If it's 1.3% of the world, that's quite a lot. But like to have all those things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's bad. But hey, you do you. You do you. profile sucks shit. Good luck. <laughs> or does it suck shit? It does suck shit. If it wasn't for the ride requirements, 78 inches or taller. One, weird that you're calling yourself a ride, but okay. Two, I almost like the point system because it's so weird that, like, I'm sure it's specifically tailored to get you a certain type of person. And that's great for you. But it's not offensive. It's just bizarre. Right? And what, what the fuck's a one wheel? Unicycle? I, I hope so. Because if you get plus five for owning a, a unicycle, <laughs> and then plus ten if you own two. Is that a bike or is that two unicycles? <laughs> this I could be know. rad. <laughs> Just really love those ghost riding unicyclists. Those in may okay, we figured it out. She doesn't want six five. She wants a man in stilts because oh. she is looking for a clown. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, that's gonna I, do it for this one, rated. friends. Oh yeah, no, it's zero. Maybe yeah, no, it's, it's a one. I'm gonna give it a one. I'll give it the one. Yeah. 
that's going to do it, friends. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. We missed you. We missed doing this. I promise you, Niall will never go on a trip ever again uh, and leave us alone and scared. Dane told me that's what you wanted. So the, I did it for the you. Worst, the worst thing was I was in this closet the whole time waiting. Oh. Yeah, guys, I missed you. It's the first we haven't recorded this podcast in like three weeks. It's crazy. So probably longer than that. And also, we're sorry that the last live show didn't work out. We will keep you updated if there is further news on that. But we're, you know, we're working, in negotiations. We're working on things. Yeah. So if you really like the, the live shows, feel free to maybe send a review on old black sheep and tell them that you miss the fact that last live show didn't come through. Yeah. What do we do at the end of the show? What do I do now? What is what do I say? Well, Thanks I for need listening. to do bad sex writing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, don't we do more things? Um, if you have a question, well. please feel free to head on over to fbuddiespodcast.com. Click the contact form. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, same website, fbuddiespodcast.com. Click the Patreon link. It'll bring you there. You get an extra episode uh, every month if you need a little bit more boy, especially because we've done a lot of live shows this month. Um, if you need a little bit more, more of this more of this in closet action. Uh, the Patreon uh, has 20 or 21 extra episodes just waiting for you. So many. Such a powerful amount. You ready? Yep. Ready for some absolute bullshit? You, you have to thank Josh. I'm, I'm going to do it. Thank you, Josh Eagle and the Harvest Seeds for the Song Paper Stars. And thank you to all our patrons. We're about to record our next Pillow Talk episode right after this, and it always gets a little more unhinged when we've done a recording. So if that intrigues you, go support us. Uh, this is a garbage, awful thing that I found on Twitter. Water is wet, but really. And this is not just a physical thing either. But it's as though anime females are, by design, what re- real females should aspire to. As a token example, let's say Officer Jenny, which I believe is from Pokemon. That sense of you, dutifulness. You know it's from Pokemon. She is naturally helpful and kind to strangers. She cares about her appearance as a courtesy to others, but not in a vain way. Even in rejecting Brock, who is generally a huge creep, she's very polite about it. I know it's silly to ask bio-females to try to be an anime character. It's incredibly lofty and offensive to the entire construction of who they were at that point, but they are doing it wrong and need to know it. It's good to aspire. I don't know why mostly it's only nerdy libertarian men that aren't offended by this concept. Men aren't offended that jack dudes exist and occupy most of the superhero genre. Men are not offended to aspire to something. But these fucking females, they don't because they've got massive big dick energy, completely confident that their shit bodies and SJW live, laugh, love dog yoga personalities, what the world should revolve around. And all the fucking cucks just eat that shit up. That's the whole fucking economy right there. They don't know what's possible because they don't watch anime. It's because of cooks that we don't watch anime and don't set standards that we are in this mess. Oh, sorry. Il- it's because of cooks that don't watch anime and don't set standards that we are in this mess. Did Elon Musk remove the character limit for dirtbag tweets? He actually did remove the character limit. I don't know how you do gigantic tweets, but people are able to. You probably have to pay for his cool blue check mark. And hey, yeah, Elon. Probably. It's working out great for you, isn't it? It really is. My name is Dane Miller. And I'm Niles Payne. We've been your fuck buddies. Be more like a cartoon woman, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>